Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. No intro music today because I can't find the file on my computer, which is a, it's a constant struggle to keep up with everything. But today is January 8th, 2022, and we're going to pick up with number 16, I believe. Number 16 uh, through, well, however far we get. And we've been uh, discussing the the plight of the Israelites and the you know, trials and tribulations of Moses, Miriam, uh, the Levites, etc., etc., uh, as they're wandering through the wilderness. And so we're going to pick up the story. I think this is going to be the story of the javelin, or getting very, very close to it. We'll see. All right. So, um, what's your notes uh, on this, Dan? Uh, chapter uh, sixteen. Yeah, I think this is where we. It, it's right around this area where we come to where the uh, woman. Uh, uh, JL puts the javelin in the uh, Israelites' back. He brings in a foreign, oh, a strange woman into his tent, and they're actually. Uh, oh, Phineas, yeah. Going at it. Yeah, yeah. Phineas is Phineas. the one who, with the javelin. Yeah, we need to have a, 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 a new javelin movement. <laughs> Remember the javelin. <laughs> <All> <laughs> Hashtag the javelin. There you go. But then All right. there's another one. Isn't it in Numbers where JL. The, the woman named J.L. puts a, a, a spear through through the back of an Israelite man who's brought in a strange woman into his tent, and they're right in the middle of doing okay. what they're doing. And okay. I can't remember that. We'll get to it, though. Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. All right. All right, so number 16, verse 1. Number 16. Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of El- Eliab, and on the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and Yahweh is among them. Wherefore, then, lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of Yahweh. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. And he spake unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow Yahweh will show who are his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him who he has chosen will he cause to come near unto him. This do, take your censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before Yahweh tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom Yahweh does choose, he shall be holy. You take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, you sons of Levi. Seemeth it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel, to bring you near to himself to do service of the tabernacle of Yahweh, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he thought, and he has brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee. And seek ye the priesthood also, for which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against Yahweh. And what is Aaron that you murmur against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, we will not come up. It is, is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of a land that flows with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, 
except thou makest thyself altogether a prince over us. Mm. Rebellion. Major, major yeah. jealousy here. Yeah. Uh, over, over well, us. yeah, it sounds like they're creating a, their own denomination. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, we know all about that, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we sure do. <clears throat> Moreover, thou hast not brought us unto, into a land that flows with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. And now, wait a minute. Who, who's, whose fault is it that they haven't possessed the land of milk and honey yet? <laughs> Their own fault. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. <clears throat> and Moses was very wroth and said unto Yahweh, Respect not thou their offering. I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. And Moses said unto Korah, Be thou and all thy company before Yahweh, thou and they and Aaron, tomorrow. And take every man his censer and put incense in them. And bring ye before Yahweh every man his censer, two hundred and fifty censers, thou also, and Aaron, each of you his censer. And they took every man his censer, and put fire in them, and laid incense thereon, and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the glory of Yahweh appeared unto all the congregation. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. <laughs> and they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Now, actually, Moses, that... That's a fair question. Uh, are you going to punish the whole congregation for the sin of one person? That reminds mm -hmm. me of military law, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they can't figure out who did the dirty deed, so they line up the whole company and said, you're all going to be punished, right? Unless you, yeah, unless you identify the guilty one, yeah, that's usually the way it goes. But in this case, it's really obvious who the rebels are, and we'll see what happens mm -hmm. to them. Back to you. Not good. No. That was no. going to happen to him. And verse 25, And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel following. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of, those, of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out, and stood in the door of their tents, and their wives, and their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that Yahweh has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then Yahweh has not sent me. But if Yahweh make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up, oh. with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then you shall understand that these men have provoked Yahweh. Okay, so this brings up an interesting question. Namely, was Esau a genuine 100% Adamite, or was he the product of race mixing? And obviously, there's been plenty of sinfulness among pure-blooded Adamites, Israelites, to that we don't really have to go there, okay? If somebody comes up with evidence that uh, 
Esau had tainted blood and or Rebekah lie or lay with a non-Israelite or non-Adamite, you know, then we might have cause, you know, for argument uh, that he had tainted blood. But uh, it's so obvious that there are so many white people who are just bad, <laughs> right? Rebellious yeah. and have no intention of obeying Yahweh's laws that we really don't need to go there. But if somebody brings up evidence that I don't see any in the Bible, but if there's like a uh, you know an out, uh, Israelite text that's not in the Bible that suggests that maybe it would be worth pursuing, it'd be interesting. But as far as I know, uh, Esau was a pure-blooded Adamite. He was just bad seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. even Judah, even Judah was guilty of race mixing. That's right. And, uh, and I even think, and yeah. King Solomon was guilty of it as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and who so, was better? Who was better than Solomon? <laughs> right. Yeah. Solomon had thousands of strange wives. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, his so, harem, his harem was like a city. <laughs> <laughs> okay, his spouse. Yeah, like Las Vegas. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, verse thirty-one, and it came to pass as he made an end of speaking all these words that the ground clave asunder under them. Oh my goodness! And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah. And all their goods, they and all that appertained to them, went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. Yeah, that's what the Book of Revelation, wow. chapter twelve, predicts is hap- going to happen to all of the, all of the races that dwell among us who don't don't deserve to dwell among us. Right? They will be buried. <laughs> they will be buried. In our countries, okay? Yeah, so we're, this is probably how it's going to happen, okay? Wow, imagine seeing that. That must have been a heck of a sight. Yeah, know? yeah. yeah. And, and, and the cleavage of the earth was coming right toward you, and it stopped yeah. right just before it got to you, right? Yeah. Oh, boy, this is exciting, folks. Verse 34, And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up also. And there came out a fire from Yahweh and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, that he take up the censers out of the burning, and scatter thou the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. Okay, it's interesting (laughs) that uh, all of these non-priestly men uh, that Yahweh did not ordain to be priests, they all had censers. So it must have been you know, a more common place for households to have these censers, you know, maybe to, uh, you know, uh, get rid of the mosquitoes. <laughs> I don't know, mm-hmm. but it seems like uh, having a possessing a censer was not that uncommon. Uh, interesting question. We can maybe look into that, you know, for next week. So uh, mm-hmm. certainly the the rich the rich maybe would have such accoutrements uh, in their households. So we'll see, okay? All right, very good. Let's go to 17. Uh, But we're still in uh, 16. We're on verse 38. Oh, Uh, okay, I got to scroll down, sorry. Yeah, Uh, the censors of these sinners against their own souls, let them make them broad plates for a covering of the altar, for they have offered them before Yahweh, therefore they are hallowed, and they shall be a sign unto the children of Israel. And Eleazar the priest took the brazen censers, wherewith they that were burnt had offered, 
and they were made broad plates for a covering of the altar. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt here, but uh -huh. you know, uh, when I picture, uh, when I see the word censor, C-E-N-S-E-R, I see you know, like the Roman Catholic version of it, <laughs> you know, hanging from a chain, and, <laughs> and uh, it's got the, the, the incense inside of it, and it's, it's got a lot of openings for the smoke to come out. So it says here, uh, H4288, in the sense of removal, a pan for live coals, sensor, fire pan, snuff dish. Okay, so it was more like a pan that they would put on a fire to create smoke. It wasn't one of these really ornate things that the Roman Catholic Church uses back to you. So it really wasn't anything that was... No, it uh, wasn't anything special. Yeah. Special, yeah, yeah. Uh, verse 40, to be a memorial unto the children of Israel, that no stranger, which is not of the seed of Aaron, come near to offer incense before Yahweh, that he be not as Korah and as his company, as Yahweh said to him by the hand of Moses. But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, ye have killed the people of Yahweh. Oh <laughs> my goodness, <Brother>. yeah. <laughs> Moses did that too. <laughs> yeah, they violated the law. What don't you understand? <laughs> wow. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer, and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly unto the congregation, and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from Yahweh. The plague is begun. Wow. And Aaron took, as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was, plague was stayed. Now that they died in the plague were 14,700, beside them that died about the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. Right. Interesting. Well, this also reminds wow. me of uh, Revelation, uh, well, Revelation chapter 3. I forget which verses. It's the, uh, the congregation of Laodicea, the so-called Church of Laodicea, where it seems like every Israelite under the sun uh, has his or her own personal interpretation of Scripture, <laughs> right? Uh, because what we have... A certain words stand out. We have denominations created by a single verse, uh, you know, like the verse about snake charming, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, are allowing snakes to bite you because it's it's mm -hmm. about those uh, apostles who uh, who had a special they had special powers, right? But only those apostles had the special powers. It doesn't devolve upon modern so-called Christians to hold snakes and and hope that they if they get bit that they won't die, right? So that's just taking one verse out of context and applying it and creating the, the snake charmer <laughs> congregation of Christianity, right? I mean, it just takes one verse and a misinterpretation of it for a whole new denomination to, to flare up. Well, look what they do with uh, the word tongues. They think it means right. some unintelligible gibberish, and tongues are just a language. That's, that's right. understandable. 
You exactly. Know? Exactly. Uh, uh, Dan, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is how crazy modern Christianity really is. Yeah. Now, maybe I think maybe I think I'm right that this is really what the uh, Laodicean congregation, because it means power uh, or over the uh, congregation or the laity. Okay, Laodicea. And we, we can see there, there may be, obviously we know that the false denominations have power over the laity. Certainly the Catholic Church does. Okay. But uh, these congregations spring up, you know, seemingly, you know, uh, based on one verse, it's really something that if, you know, what we're seeing here is like Korah, people who think they know something uh, and pretend to be experts but they're certainly not experts on the law because they're obviously violating the law as stated by the Bible, which hasn't stopped Christians from starting new denominations, right? Mm -hmm. So there may be a connection here between this and the church of Laodicea. All right, chapter 17. Chapter 17, And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony, where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod, whom I shall choose, shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. Mm. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece, for each prince one, according to their father's houses, even twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before Yahweh in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and, and bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. And Moses brought out all the rods from before Yahweh unto the, all the children of Israel. And they looked and took every man his rod. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony, to be kept for a token against the rebels. And thou shalt, and thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me, that they die not. And Moses did so, as Yahweh commanded him, so did he. And the children... Do you think that stopped their grumbling? <laughs> no. I don't think so. All right. And the children of Israel spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. Whosoever cometh anything near unto the tabernacle of Yahweh shall die. Shall <laughs> we be consumed with dying? Yes. <laughs> If you if you rebel against Yahweh, yeah, 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 they so, he, they did nothing but complain the whole yeah. time. Uh, so what else is new, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's where that's where true Israel is at, folks, and it's even worse among the rest of the world. Uh, they're mainly unbelievers who have no hope at all. You know, let me put it this way: the vast majority of Israelites who are uh, who don't know they're Israelites and are Judeo-Christians. Most, the vast majority of those people are decent 
you know, good people who don't commit crimes. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. they have the wrong spirit. So if, if they get into the kingdom, it'll, it'll only be as citizens, and they will not share in the, in the government, the 144,000 government of the final temple, okay, that, that rests upon the earth. So maybe they'll get rewarded by being in the kingdom and have better lives and without, without a lot of pain and suffering. But they will submit to the laws of Yahweh, one way or another. All right? Yep. Chapter okay. 18, And Yahweh said unto Aaron, Thou and thy sons and thy father's house with thee shall bear the iniquity of the sanctuary. And thou and thy sons with thee shall bear the iniquity of your priesthood. Mm. And thy brethren also of the tribe of Levi, the tribe of thy father, bring thou with thee, that they may be joined unto thee and minister unto thee. But thou and thy sons with thee shall minister before the tabernacle of witness. And they shall keep thy charge, and the charge of all all the tabernacle. Only they shall not come nigh the vessels of the sanctuary and the altar, that neither they nor ye also die. And they shall be joined unto thee, and keep the charge of the tabernacle of the congregation, for all the service of the tabernacle. And a stranger shall not come nigh unto you. And you shall keep the charge of the sanctuary and the charge of the altar, that there be no wrath any more upon the children of Israel. And I, behold, I have taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the children of Israel. To you they are given as a gift for Yahweh to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Therefore thou and thy sons with thee shall keep your priest's office for everything of the altar and within the veil, and ye shall serve. I have given your priest's office unto you as a service of gift, and the stranger that comes near shall be put to death. That's Zur. That stranger is Zur again. Okay. And, no str- yeah, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, again, uh, the, the consistency of Scripture is that there are certain words like ger that uh, are acceptable strangers, and zur is almost always an unacceptable stranger, okay? And the denominations totally ignore the fact that the word stranger comes from different Hebrew words, some which are acceptable people and others which aren't. And they teach, oh, God loves everybody, and everybody can be a priest. No, they can't. Period. And, All right? Yep, that's what they teach. Mm-hmm. Everybody can, can enter into the uh, yeah, priesthood. congregation. Yeah, so priesthood. we have situation in the Church of England. There's a black guy running the Church of England today. Is there really? Yep. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Yeah. (laughs) Desmond Tutu, isn't he a Catholic? I don't know what denomination (laughs) he is, right? Absolutely ridiculous. That's how far, how low we have sunk. All right. Verse 8, And Yahweh spake unto Aaron, Behold, I also have given thee charge of mine heave offerings of all the hallowed things of the children of Israel. Unto thee have I given them by reason of the anointing, and to thy sons by an ordinance forever. This shall be thine of the most holy things, reserved from the fire. Every oblation of theirs, every meat offering of theirs, and every sin offering of theirs, and every trespass offering of theirs, which they shall render unto me, shall be most holy for thee and for thy sons. In the most holy place shalt thou eat it. Every male shall eat it. It shall be holy unto thee. 
And this is not the heave offering of their gift with all the wave offerings of the children of Israel. I have given them unto thee and to thy sons and to thy daughters with thee by statute forever. Everyone that is clean in thy house shall eat of it. Hmm. All the best of the oil and all the best of the wine and of the wheat, the first fruits of them which they shall offer unto, the, unto Yahweh, them have I given thee. And whatsoever is first ripe in the land, which they shall bring unto Yahweh, shall be thine. Every one that is clean in thine house shall eat of it. Everything devoted in Israel shall be thine. Everything that openeth the matrix and all flesh, which they bring unto Yahweh, whether it be of men or beasts, shall be thine. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man shalt thou surely redeem, and the firstling of unclean beasts shalt thou redeem. And those that are to be redeemed from a month old shalt thou redeem, according to thine estimation, for the money of five shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, which is twenty garrus. But the firstling of a cow, or the firstling of a sheep, or the firstling of a goat, thou shalt not redeem. They are holy. Thou shalt sprinkle their blood upon the altar, and shalt burn their fat for an offering made by fire, for a sweet savor unto Yahweh. And the flesh of them shall be thine, as the wave breast, as the right shoulder are thine. So Yahweh says, All don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. <laughs> right? you, collect, you collect all these offerings and feed yourselves, right? But don't forget about me, okay? The whole, the whole congregation. The offerings. Yes. Okay, back to you, sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just, uh, there's a chain of command here, okay? And uh, mm -hmm. we're supposed to follow that chain of command well, as long as this priesthood exists, right? But now that, that we have the uh, priesthood of the order of Melchizedek, we only have one intercessor between ourselves and Yahweh, and that's Yahshua. And so we don't have to have all these uh, offerings, you know, these sin offerings, etc. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, we still have to worship. And, uh, you know, there, there's a, t a total lack of worship in the so-called Christian world today. Uh, their worship consists of going to church on Sunday and then re continuing with their daily routine and never giving Yahweh a second thought the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. That's Christianity today. It's just today. Going, through a, going through the motions, basically. Mm -hmm. just... Yeah. Right. Yep. Verse 19. All the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer unto Yahweh have I given thee and thy sons and thy daughters with thee by statute forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before Yahweh unto thee and to thy seed with thee. And Yahweh spake unto Aaron, Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance, for their service which they serve even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh the tabernacle of the congregation, lest they bear sin and die. Mm. But, okay. but the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, that among the children of Israel they have no inheritance. But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto Yahweh, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore, I have said unto them, Among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Thus speak unto the Levites, and say unto them, 
When you take of the children of Israel the tithes which I have given you from them for your inheritance, then you shall offer up a heave offering of it for Yahweh, even a tenth part of the tithe. Okay. And this, your heave offering, shall be reckoned unto you, as though it were the corn of a threshing floor, and as the fullness of the wine press. <laughs> so Yahweh is saying, I am the one percent, <laughs> right? A tenth of a tenth, right? Yep. Okay. Can we? Can the Israelites do that much? Give one percent to Yahweh. Okay, modern Christians can they give one percent to Yahweh? We give more than that to yeah, taxes. Yeah. That's right. Ooh, yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah, the devil has uh, cheated. Has well, and people pay those taxes willingly, thinking they actually owe them, right? And they give nothing. To God, to Yahweh. Yeah. Uh, amazing. All right. Verse 28. Thus ye shall also offer an heave offering unto Yahweh of all your tithes, which ye receive of the children of Israel. And ye shall give thereof Yahweh's heave offering to Aaron the priest. Out of all your gifts ye shall offer every heave offering of Yahweh, of all the best thereof, even the hallowed part thereof out of it. Therefore thou shalt say unto them, when you have heaved the best thereof from it, then that shall be counted unto the Levites as the increase of the threshing floor and as the increase of the winepress. And ye shall eat in it every place, ye and your households, for it is your reward for your service in the tabernacle of the congregation. And ye shall bear no sin by reason of it, when ye have heaved from it the best of it. Neither shall ye pollute the holy things of the children of Israel, lest ye die. End of chapter 18. Okay. So now we move on to chapter 19, laws for purification. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the law which Yahweh has commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came yoke. And he shall give her unto Eleazar the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp, and one shall slay her before his face. And Eleazar the priest shall take of her blood with his finger and sprinkle of her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. And one shall burn the heifer in his sight, her skin and her flesh and her blood with her dung shall he burn. And the priest shall take the cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet, and cast it into the midst of the burning heifer. Then the priest shall wash his clothes, and he shall bathe his flesh in water, and afterward he shall come into the camp, and the priest shall be unclean until the evening. Ooh. And he that burns okay. her shall wash his clothes in water, and bathe his flesh in water, and shall be unclean until the evening. And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer, and lay them up without the camp in a clean place. And it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for a water of separation. It is a purification for sin. And he that gathers the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. And it shall be unto the children of Israel and unto the stranger that sojourneth among them for a statute forever. He that touches the body, he that touches the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. He shall okay. purify himself with it. On the third day. Yeah, that stranger there is Ger. Okay. Ger? Yeah. Meaning meaning a fellow Israelite. Right, amen. Yeah. 
And he shall purify himself with it on the third day. And on the seventh day he shall be clean. But if he purify not himself the third day, then the seventh day he shall not be clean. Whosoever touches the dead body of any man that is dead and purifies not himself defiles the tabernacle of Yahweh. And that soul shall be cut off from Israel because the water of separation was not sprinkled upon him. He shall be unclean. Well, His we uncleanness to, is yet upon him. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that today because we've got front loaders. They scra scrape the roadkill off the road, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to touch yeah. it. And I guess they didn't have gloves either in those days. So, uh, and you can't when you're touching dead carcasses, it's hard not to you know, get some of that blood and snot and all that other stuff on you. Oh right? yeah, very hard. Yeah. Okay. This is the law when a man dies in a tent. All that come into the tent and all that is in the tent shall be unclean seven days. And every open vessel which has no covering bound upon it is unclean. And whosoever touches one that is slain with a sword in the open fields or a dead body or a bone of a man or a grave shall be unclean seven days. And for an unclean person they shall take of the ashes of the burnt heifer of purification for sin and running water shall be put thereto into a vessel. And a clean person shall take hyssop and dip it in the water and sprinkle it upon the tent and upon all the vessels and upon the persons that were there and upon him that touched a bone or one slain or one dead or a grave. And the clean person shall sprinkle upon the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day. And on the seventh day he shall purify himself and wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and shall be clean at evening. But the man that shall be unclean, and shall not purify himself, that soul shall be cut off from among the congregation, because he has defiled the sanctuary of Yahweh. The water of separation has not been sprinkled upon him. He is unclean. And it shall be a perpetual statute unto them, that he that sprinkles water of separation shall wash his clothes, and he that touches the water of separation shall be unclean until the evening. And whoso and whatsoever the unclean person touches shall be unclean. And the soul that touches it shall be unclean until evening. End well, of chapter 19. Okay, now that I'm thinking about this, it's obvious to me that the entire Catholic Church is like Korah. Okay? Assuming mm -hmm. authority to perform priestly duties with no authority, pretended authority, okay? Yeah, the entire Catholic Church and all these other denominations, especially those that <laughs> incorporate non-whites and non-Israelites into their, what do you call it, their hierarchy. Which is about every church, really. Just exactly, exactly. They are unclean. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, right. you see it with the with the Catholics. You see it with the the Mormons. They're big on on bringing in other races into their church. Yeah, uh, oh, they are I mean, today. Every, yeah, every denomination. Yeah, yeah, we we be in bad shape, folks. Every every church is in rebellion. Yep. Yeah, they're they're more proud of, uh, you know, well, let me let me ask you this question, Dan. Has any of this race mixing that's occurring in the churches? been good for anybody has no. it has it created peace in the world no it no no it's only gotten worse okay mm -hmm. all right chapter 20 
Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Of course, they're going to blame Moses and Aaron because there's yeah. no water. So. <laughs> right. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before, the, before Yahweh? And why have you brought up the congregation of Yahweh into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed, or of figs, or of vines, or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly <clears throat> unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell upon their faces, and the glory of Yahweh appeared unto them. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth this water, give forth his water, and shall bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before Yahweh as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. And Moses lifted up his hand. He, Moses is going to get in trouble for this. Right, right. But uh, you, know, you can see uh, the constant murmuring yeah. by the people. It must have been gotten to him by now, right? I mean, oh, yeah. it's obvious Moses was a very patient man. But this constant murmuring had to say, okay, Yahweh, do you want me to do this? I'm done with these people. Uh, but bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off to, into the wilderness. I'm going to die. I don't care anymore. Back to you. <laughs> I can see and that. Moses, you know, yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah, oh, this yeah. is uh, the constant murmuring had to be really uh, getting to him. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, I mean, it would bother anybody. It yeah. would bother me. I wouldn't have been nearly as patient as Moses. <laughs> That's right? why I would never be in a position like that. Oh man, tough. <laughs> I'd okay. get fired from about the first week. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which oh, I have given you. There you go. Well, he was told he wasn't told to do that. To, right. uh, he was just told to mm, uh, strike the rock. Strike the rock, yeah. And he didn't. Therefore, he shall not bring this congregation to the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with Yahweh, and he was sanctified in them. And Moses sent messengers from Kadesh unto the king of Edom. Thus saith thy brother Israel, thou knowest all the travail that has befallen us, how our fathers went down into Egypt, and, have, and we have dwelt in Egypt a long time. And the Egyptians vexed us, and our fathers... And when we cried unto Yahweh, he heard our voice, and sent an angel, and has brought us forth out of Egypt. And behold, we are in Kadesh, a city in the uttermost of thy border. Let us pass, I pray thee, through thy country. We will not pass through the fields or through the vineyards, neither will we drink of the water of the wells. 
We will go by the king's highway. We will not turn to the right hand nor to the left until we have passed thy borders. And Edom said unto him, Thou shalt not pass by me, lest I come out against thee with the sword. And the children of Israel said unto him, We will go by the highway. And if I and my cattle drink of thy water, then I will pay for it. I will only, without doing anything else, go through on my feet. And he said, Thou shalt not go through. And Edom came out against him with much people and with a strong hand. Thus Edom refused to give Israel passage through his border, wherefore Israel turned away from him. Verse 22. And the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, journeyed from Kadesh and came unto Mount Hor. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor, by the coast, by the coast of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, for he shall not enter into the land which I have given unto the children of Israel, because ye rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. Take Aaron and Eleazar his son, and bring them up unto Mount Hor. And strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar his son. And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, and shall die there. And Moses did as Yahweh commanded, and they went up into Mount Hor in the sight of all the congregation. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar his son. And Aaron died there in the top of the mount. And Moses and Eleazar came down from the mount. And when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, they mourned for Aaron thirty days, even all the house of Israel. Okay, so we know it goes downhill from there. <laughs> all right, yeah. Okay. Chapter 21. And when King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south heard tell that Israel came by way, of the, by way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto Yahweh and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And Yahweh hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called the name of the place Hormah. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea, to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathed this light bread. And Yahweh sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Oh, it's kind of like butternut bread, right? It's not real bread. <laughs> Just put some peanut butter and jelly on it. Yeah. <laughs> so they complained that he sent serpents. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> okay, now the word here is nakash. Okay. Same as oh, in the garden. Okay. Yeah, same as in the Garden of Eden. Uh, and okay. yeah, and, and the nakash bit Eve, did he not? Or did yes, it he not? Did. Right? Okay, so uh, there is a relationship to, now, fiery. Now, ordinarily, snakes don't spew fire out of their mouths, right? Mm -hmm. So, wow. okay, right? So we're talking about, he sent, he sent Jews. <laughs> well, it could be, or it could be something more, how should I put it, otherworldly, right? Could be something more, but it says, it also means, well, 
burning. Uh, Hebrew 83.14 is burning. That is figuratively poisonous. Specifically, a seraph or symbolical mm-hmm. creature from their copper color, fiery serpent seraph. So this could be a, like a spiritual uh, you know, a rendering here. So it's either literal snakes. And of course, you can say uh, the bite, no, sorry, the bite burns. Okay, fiery serpent, uh, snakes that have a burning sensation when you get bit. Okay, that may be all that it really means here, but it could also be a uh, figurative spiritual meaning. It could be something from the netherworld coming to bite the Israelites, <laughs> right? And uh, if, okay, yeah, but uh, if that I, comes from Nakash, that has to be he sent literal hmm. people into could be not not literally bite them but much yes we're bitten today by these yeah same yeah people. yeah and it could be a scorpions too it could also be scorpions they have a fiery bite or, or sting right uh-huh so but there's also uh well we won't get to it yet uh there's also uh, a possible that there is a um electrical uh, electrical meaning here because uh, in the old days and uh the, the Parthians did have batteries. There could be a electrical meaning here, too, that people got uh, electrocuted. All right? So I can do some research on this for next week. This is another possibility, I believe. All right, back to you. I'm going to go with the first scenario. I think these are uh, these are people that he sent. He sent okay. That, that's just, uh, you know, that even yeah. Eve died, right? Adam and Eve yeah. told him they were going to die. Sure. And these people died too because they. Mm-hmm. They you got know, bit. <laughs> they got, got bit. bit. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, right. uh, a, a chemical can burn you too, right? So. That's uh, true. Right. Yeah. So oh, I know what they are. They're uh, white coats injecting you <laughs> with COVID. There right? you go. <laughs> Those are the fiery servants. There you go. Although it doesn't burn when you get it hurts when you get injected, but man, does it burn later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So where were we? Verse 7. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against Yahweh and against thee. Pray unto Yahweh that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. And set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Verse 10. And the children of Israel sent forward, set forward and pitched in Oboth. And they journeyed from Oboth and pitched at Ijerabarim. In the wilderness, which is before Moab, toward the sun rising. From thence they removed and pitched in the valley of Zered. From thence they removed and pitched on the other side of Arnon, which is in the wilderness that comes out of the coast of the Amorites. For Arnon is the border of Moab, between Moab and the Amorites. Wherefore it is said in the book of the wars of Yahweh, what he did in the Red Sea and in the books of Arnon. And at the stream of the brooks that goes down to the dwelling of Ar, and lies upon the border of Moab. And from thence they went to Beer, that is the well whereof Yahweh spake unto Moses, Gather the people together, and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The princes dig the well, 
The nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves. And from the wilderness, they went to Matana. And from Matana to Nahaliel, and from Nahaliel to Bamoth. And from Bamoth in the valley, that is the country of Moab, to the top of Pisgah, which looks towards Jeshimon. Okay, there's way more to this fiery serpent business than meets the eye. Okay, because once they raised this fiery serpent, all the Israelites who looked upon it were healed. Okay, so Mm -hmm. I I think this is talking about some electromagnetic effect. And remember back in in, um, uh, Exodus when Moses and the priests of Egypt, they, they had competing fiery serpents right that's right they did okay they had competing fiery serpents so i think this this is electromagnetic i'll do more research on this and we'll bring this up again next week okay that's all pretty interesting yes you're right i forgot about that back Mm -hmm. in exodus yeah my fiery serpents are better than your fiery serpents (laughs) (laughs) okay verse 21 And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through thy land. We will not turn into the fields or into the vineyards. We will not drink of the waters of the well, but we will go along by the king's highway until we be past thy borders. And Sihon would not suffer Israel to pass through his borders. Mm, But Sihon gathered all his people together and went out against Israel into the wilderness. And he came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. And Israel smote him with the edge of the sword, and possessed his land from Arnon unto Jabbok, even unto the children of Ammon. For the border of the children of Ammon was strong. And Israel took all these cities, and Israel dwelt in all the cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon, and in all the villages thereof. For Heshbon was the city of Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab, and taken all his land out of his hand, even unto Arnon. Wherefore they that speak in Proverbs say, Come into Heshbon, let the city of Sihon be built and prepared. For there is a fire gone out of Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sihon. It has consumed Ar of Moab and the lords of the high places of Arnon. Woe to thee, Moab, thou art undone, O people of Chemosh. He has given his own sons, given his sons that escaped and his daughters into captivity unto Sihon, king of the Amorites. We have shot at them. Heshbon is perished even unto Dibon, and we have laid them waste even unto Nophah, which reaches unto Medeba. Okay, now this is the area to which Ruth, the quote-unquote Moabitess, eventually went, okay? So that uh, Yahweh is beginning the cleansing of the land of Moabites and Ammonites, and uh, that land they will never return to. So there's no way that Ruth was a Moabitess by race. Back to you. Verse 31. Thus Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites, and Moses sent to spy out Jeazer. And they took the villages thereof and drove out the Amorites that were there. So now are all these Israelites Amorites? No. No. Of course not. Okay. It's a territorial term. Yeah. Yeah. You can be one by either race or by territory. Yeah. Are 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 you a Georgian by, by race <laughs> from from uh, <laughs> Georgia uh, south of the Caucasus? Well, actually, you could claim to be a Georgian from south of, yep. from the north North Caucasus, right? 
True. Yeah, but you would be yeah. claiming to be an Israelite if you said that. Mm-hmm. Right? That's uh, right. Yeah, okay. Back to you. Verse 33, And they turned and went up by the way of Bashan. And Og, the king of Bashan, went out against them, he and all his people, to the battle at Edri. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Fear him not, for I have delivered him into thy hand, and all his people, and his land. And thou shalt do to him as thou didst unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. So they smote him, and his sons, and all his people, until there was none left him alive, and they possessed his land. Okay, so Yahweh is beginning the process of clearing the land of Canaan from uh, these evil tribes, or even before the invasion uh, you know, f- uh, across the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chapter 22. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side Jordan by Jericho. And Balak the son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers therefore unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. How many millions of them were there by this time? <laughs> Had to be two million came out. What, 20, 30 million? Yeah. Are they, are they at this point? Wow. Verse 6. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. For adventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that he whom blesses is blessed, and whom he whom curses is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Bedian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as Yahweh shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covers the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, for adventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for Yahweh refuses to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. And Balak said, Yet again, princes, more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said unto him, Thus saith Balak the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of Yahweh my God. I won't won't take your bribes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. 
Now therefore I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what Yahweh will say unto me more. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I say shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Okay, so you know, who is Balaam? You know, this prophet, obviously he has the ability to speak with Yahweh. Okay. He might be a Chaldean. Remember that uh, uh, Abraham was a Chaldean. And not all the Chaldeans were evil. The, not all the Chaldeans were, uh, what, what's the word again? Uh, uh, anyway, wor worshippers of other gods, right? And uh, he might have been a Midianite. Okay. Uh, but there's no, uh, there's no, uh, what's the word, uh, history given for Balaam as to who he was, but never, it's pretty obvious from the context here that he was a truly holy man, and, but nevertheless a, a wandering priest who, who did he serve? I mean, <laughs> right, it's a really good question. Who is this character, Balaam, that uh, he is obviously a holy man, but, uh, you know, wandering around the countryside, uh, being a, a, an itinerant preacher, apparently, but uh, you know, one who could summon uh, Yahweh and could be summoned by Yahweh, so he had to be a good man. All right, uh, that's about most I can say about it. All right, back to you. Yeah. <clears throat> Verse twenty-two. We got a couple minutes left. Okay. And and God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of Yahweh stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of Yahweh standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. For the angel of Yahweh stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of Yahweh, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. <laughs> and he smote her again. And the angel of Yahweh went further and stood in a narrow place, which was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. This is one stubborn ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> and when the ass saw the angel of Yahweh, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. And Yahweh opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast smote me. I would there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not am not I thine ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so thee, unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then Yahweh opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of Yahweh standing in the way, with his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of Yahweh said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times, unless she had turned from me. Surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. And do you want to stop here? or? Uh, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, this is interesting, because uh, I'll do some research and see if I can find out you know, who Balaam, you probably have to go to non-scriptural uh, texts 
to find out who this Balaam is, right? So, uh, very good. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Yahweh bless. Right. Everybody, bless. take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.